I uh, get correspondence from time to time, and uh, somebody was thanking me for the bulletin I had sent them, and uh, I always uh, wonder how do I reply to one of God's own, and uh, I came across this uh, expression in the Word of God I thought I would repeat aloud to all of you. It was a blessing for me to read, and it was a blessing for me to notice how Many times the Apostle Paul repeats it. We find it, you don't have to look these up. You can write these down for references if you like. We find it in Romans 16, verse 24, Philippians 4, 23, 2 Thessalonians 3, 18, Revelation 22, 21, at the very end of God's Word. And it says there, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. <laughs> and, uh, his uh, pray, prayer for us is that the Lord Jesus Christ would, would be with us this morning. Uh, I pray that uh, we would know the, the sureness of his promise. He said, lo, I am with you always, not sometimes. It doesn't matter if we're in this auditorium, in our own private homes or workplaces. He's with us always. What a, what a, what a promise. And uh, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who shall save his people from their sins. Now this morning, uh, we're returning to our study in the book of Acts, there in Acts chapter 27. If you'll turn there with me. We read in verse 24. Our Lord declaring to the Apostle Paul, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. And Paul reasons, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Beloved, be of good cheer, be of good courage, take heart and lift up your voices Praise ye the Lord, be of good cheer. And the only reason we as believers have good cheer is through resting in the exceeding great and precious promises of God's word. Beloved, his word cannot fail. Indeed, his word will not fail because he himself cannot fail. And he's given us exceeding great and precious promises in his word. Beloved, not one word he has spoken will fail. Our Lord said, I've spoken it. I've purposed it, therefore I'll do it. I'll bring it to pass. And that, beloved, because our God and Savior cannot fail. Uh, don't you love that, that verse in Isaiah? Uh, it's in Isaiah chapter 42, 42 if, if memory serves. Sometimes, uh, as we were talking about earlier this morning, my memory doesn't serve. Uh, Isaiah 42, verse 4. He shall not fail. Beloved, the, the power is not in my eloquence or my ability to put together uh, an outline or a manuscript or, or to speak freely. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about having liberty. <laughs> There's no power in the liberty. There's power in the words I just read to you right now. He shall not fail. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every need we have. And I would also add, he gives us uh, 
wants just the same because he gives us new desires, new wants. But I love that Psalm 21 or 23, rather, verse one, don't you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fail. And then it concludes there at the end. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's right. Amen. 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 Let's look at that. Every precious detail of his word, that's where the power is. Not not adding to it, not taking away from it. You know, I, and I know uh, <laughs> love covers a multitude of, of of sins, covers a multitude of falling short. You know, I would hear my pastor say something too. <laughs> he'd, he'd maybe say it not quite the right way, but I knew exactly how he wanted to say it. It says there in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overrunneth, my, my cup runneth over. Surely, verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall, shall, not maybe, Beloved, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beloved, his word cannot fail. For whatever God has told his people or promised unto them shall be performed, shall be done, shall be accomplished. You know, that's not the only shall we read in Scripture, is it? If I asked you to just bring to mind another shall, I don't want anybody to answer out loud, but I trust <laughs> um, Matthew 1 verse 21 is, comes to mind. What was that, that message from, from the very throne room or from the very throne of, of God? The angel of the Lord came to Joseph and, and said to him, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so uh, the, the, what I'm trying to emphasize, what I'm trying to impress upon all of you, and myself, just the same. I'm preaching to myself as well as to you. No promise of God will fail. Now, we may make a promise to do something or, or something to that effect. You know, I'll, I'll give somebody my word. I'll do something. And, and due to, you know, my circumstances or due to your circumstances, we may not be able to fulfill that promise. But God doesn't act that way. Rather, he said, I've spoken it, I purposed it, I will do it. And he commands and it stands fast. Beloved, all the promises of God and the Lord Jesus Christ are certain and sure. All of them are yea and amen. You see, failure is not an option, not even an impossibility for our Lord and God. And again, back to our portion. In verse 25 of Acts 27, it says there, I believe God. Paul's right saying that, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. What a miracle of God's grace. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So who told Paul? <laughs> who told him that we're going to not lose one soul? I mean, someone told Paul, we're going to lose the ship, but we're not going to lose one 
soul. Not one soul will perish. Well, God told him. Wherefore, sirs, be a good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And Paul, just like Abraham, Romans 4, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You see, like Abraham, Paul staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but rather was strong in God-given faith, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, beloved, saving faith is fully persuaded that God is able to do all he said. Indeed, that he is able to save to the uttermost all that come to God by the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing our high priest ever liveth to make intercession for us. His purpose and his grace that God purposed from eternity in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be done because he cannot fail. Now let's go back to this account in Acts chapter 27, verse 1. This, we'll, we'll look at some of the verses here. Uh, verse 1, it says, And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And notice those words there. It was determined. Well, who determined it? I mean, I, I thought they determined it. But, beloved, that's not so. <clears throat> they only did what God purposed before to be done. You know, we can determine, but that's just a, a manifestation of what God determined before to be done. Indeed, God worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. The Lord our God purposed and determined for Paul to take this journey to Rome, that he might preach the gospel there for two years. And when his ministry labor was over, the Lord took him home to glory. Now turn to Acts chapter 28. In the very next chapter, we read there in the last two verses, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. And even though he sits on death row under house arrest waiting to be executed, notice he's still preaching the gospel. And he writes from the prison cell there these, these words, for, for, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain, Philippians one twenty one, And he writes again from his prison in Rome how that he's, and these are his words, I am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know, someone, and I've I'm not just heard it uh, mentioned by one man, I've heard a number of men remind God's people of this very fact, how that man is immortal until his work is done. That is, when they've done as God is pleased to use them, after that, he takes his child home to glory to be with him. And when Paul, like Julius and Luke and the prisoners and the soldiers, a total of two hundred three score and sixteen souls, that is, 276 people, were making this journey from Caesarea to Rome, and the Lord was pleased to send this great temptuous wind, this big, large, stormy wind called Eroclodon. It's a pretty ominous-sounding storm name, don't you think? 
Eroclidon, or Eroclidon, a great wind which sank the ship and all aboard the ship. Yet they were able to make it safely to land. And just as God said, it came to pass in that they were all made to arrive safely at, at, at the shore on the land. And that just as the Lord promised Paul, how that none would lose their lives. And so it came to pass. Now, all of these details, beloved, are recorded for us to encourage us. I mean, isn't it encouraging to know how that everything that God speaks, every promise he's given will come to pass? Every one of them. And so Paul could boldly speak these words of comfort to these men. Now, some 273 of these men were pagans. I mean, they didn't know God. They didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't believe the gospel. And yet, if Paul could boldly speak these words of comfort to these men upon the ship, who were, for the most part, not believers, how much more can we read and hear these words as believers and take great comfort in the words and promises of the Lord? For to you, this is God's word. It's not just the words of men. This is the very word of God. That you may be of good courage, be of good cheer when the storms of life are raging. You know, when the, the sun does not shine for days, I trust as Tyler was reading you the account, you, you, you could picture in your mind how bleak it was. They hadn't seen the sun for days. They hadn't seen the stars for days. Just bleakness. And that's a picture of what happens in our lives. At times, the sun does not shine for days and the stars are not seen at night. When all looks black, bleak and barren, when all hope seems to be gone. And what a what a blessing we have, that we have such a, a good cheer, such a good comfort. By God's grace, we believe God, no matter what we're seeing, no matter what our circumstances are, we believe God. Now, this was not the first time that Paul heard these words, be of good cheer. Remember in Acts chapter 23, when Paul stood before that council for the first time, and that Sanhedrin council and Ananias, the high priest, and all those different men were there. And in verse 10 of Acts 23, it says there, And when the, there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by the force from among them and to bring him into the castle. And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, be of good cheer. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And we read in Matthew chapter 9 that there was a paralyzed man who had some dear friends and the Lord Jesus Christ was in this certain house and they couldn't get in you know because of the, the, of the crowds and so they took off part of the roof and lowered this man on a bed down before the Lord Jesus Christ and in Matthew Matthew's gospel chapter 9 in verse 2 it says there behold they brought to him they brought to the Lord Jesus Christ a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed and the Lord Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. How come? Thy sins be forgiven thee. And so we see here how that the Lord speaks good cheer to the one 
who needed forgiveness of sins. Verse 3, continuing in Matthew 9. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. He blasphemes. They were speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said within themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, our Lord, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And we read in Matthew chapter 14, as the disciples were on that ship in the midst of a storm, and the Lord Jesus Christ comes walking upon the water, and they were afraid. And the Lord said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. And then uh, John 16, in the beginning of verse 33, John chapter 16, Beginning of verse, uh, beginning in verse thirty-three, it says there, and and these are the words of our Lord and God Jesus Christ. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. And why is that? Because, beloved, I have overcome the world. Because that's what our Lord said. Our Lord and God Jesus Christ said, "Behold." I have overcome the world. And so we see throughout the scriptures, this is a repeated message, how that the Lord would have us to know, to have us to hear, to have us to believe, to have us rest and, and, and grant us comfort in our heart to know, well, be of good cheer, beloved, no matter what, no matter what the day may hold, no matter what the day may bring, no matter what the circumstances may be, we have every reason to trust our Lord for He knows what's best. Indeed, He's the one who brings the day, does He not? He's the one who brings the day. And that's why trials in the believer's life are called precious. That's how we know everything works together for our good. Uh, we read in Romans chapter 8, verse I'm sure many of you know by heart what, what, what a precious, precious portion of God's Word. And we know, we know, by God's grace, by God's given revelation, uh, Him giving us this understanding to know that He, that our God reigneth, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then in verse 38 of that very chapter, Paul says, For I am persuaded, I have no doubt about this, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any, nor any, other, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, beloved, He knows what's best for us. And so never forget it. Never forget it. 
What he brings our way is for our good. That's why trials in the believer's life are called precious, and they're called light afflictions. And no, they don't work against us, beloved, but ever so blessedly they work for us, an exceeding eternal weight of glory. That's why we can say with the Apostle Paul, we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now let me encourage you, uh, you, you who believe the gospel of God concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. Take comfort in his never-failing word and presence. Be of good cheer, be of good comfort, no matter what the day may hold, no matter what the night may bring, we know who brings every night and every day. And we read in Scripture how that our times are in His hand, do we not? Just a few verses and then uh, we'll conclude our study and we'll resume here in Acts chapter 27 next week. But in Psalm, Psalm 31, it says there, in Psalm 31, and I'll begin reading there in... Verse, verse 14, it says there, I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God, and my times are in thy hand. That's why the Lord God, Jesus Christ, said unto the Father, into thy hand I commit my spirit. And so, beloved, be of good be of good courage. Be of good courage. Uh, Psalm thirty one, verse twenty four, the last verse there says, "Be of good courage, be of good cheer, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord." Be of good cheer, beloved. No matter how bleak the outcome may seem, no matter how severe the pain may be, no matter how hopeless the situation appears, be of good cheer, for the Lord our God reigneth. My friend, the Lord kills and the Lord makes alive. And everyone who died today or will die today died at the time God appointed. You see, the number of our months is with the Lord. And it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. So whether it's a car accident or something else, the Lord kills, the Lord makes alive. And if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ in that eternal covenant of mercy, if you're his purchased possession, that, that purchase that he made with his blood that redeemed us from all sin. If you're called by the effectual grace of God to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have every reason to be of good cheer. And when we hear about a, a saint departing, what leaps to our heart and mind immediately is, praise the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, our sovereign Lord controls all things in our lives and is in charge over all aspects, all aspects in, in every detail. I love that verse in Romans eleven thirty six. It's a really wonderful verse. To know that, that our Lord reigneth is a great comfort to God's people. That not one thing however insignificant you might think it is, is under his sovereign control. In Romans 11, uh, verse 36, 
It says there, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. And he will give us grace in the time of every trial. You see, beloved, that's his promise to his children. He said, my grace is sufficient. And God gives real grace for real trials when we need it, when we need it. Real hope for real grief, real mercy for real misery, and real grace for real guilt before God. And uh, we'll pick up uh, next week there in verse 22. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, how grateful we are that we can call you our Father. We only know you, Father, because you are pleased to make us to know your Son, to know all of his glories and beauties, the the power of his blood, the perfection of his righteousness. What, what, What a wonderful thing, Father, that you would have mercy on sinners like us. Father, I pray that you would behold each and every one of us gather here this morning and have mercy. Um, bless us this morning, Father. Teach us afresh how that truly you reigneth in every aspect of our lives. We have been made to kiss your son's hand, to kneel down before him in our hearts and to kiss his feet. We're so thankful for that, Father, that when so many hear your word that says, kiss the Son, lest you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. And then you tell us in mercy and in grace, blessed are all they that put their trust in your Son. Father, we thank you for his... We thank you for everything about him. And I would just ask you, Father, for Christ's sake, for his glory, uh, cause us all to grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Son. Teach us how we might acknowledge you in everything we do. And we just rejoice how it is that you truly do reign in our lives, that you would take such an interest in and your people, that you would direct our paths. Thank you, Father. Please continue to be with us in the song service and in the next message we're about to hear, Father. Bless your word. We know the power is not in the eloquence of a man, but it is in your very word and every blessed detail of it, Father, as we were reminded in our study. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.